you know, without further ado, let's get started. Uh, I'm super pumped because Nate um, is somebody who we actually first met at Unleash the Power Within at Tony Robbins just briefly. And, uh, and then we, we, we met in my office when you did the YPN event. And uh, all the feedback, you know, uh, that I got, not just in our office, but also at the board level was, uh, everybody was blown away. So I'm, I'm uh, grateful that you had time to come join with us this afternoon. And uh, I appreciate your time. And without further ado, Nate Moore. Thanks, Nate. Awesome. Okay, okay, okay. So let's get started. So you probably, how many people know who I am? Great. Not most of you. So I always think I'm more popular than I really am and kind of keeps me humble a little bit. But So I want to talk about a few things. Number one, I'm going to talk about who I am and uh, what I'm able to do. I was talking earlier. It's funny because I hate the question when somebody asks me, what do you do? Like, I hate that question. Like, what exactly do you do? And so they'll say, I know you're a motivational speaker. You know, you're a coach. A whole other side to me that uh, I don't like talking about, and I'm going to share that today. And so and a lot of that story is going to resonate with a lot of you and where you are in your particular life. And so I have a background in sales, so I kind of know your you know, your jam. I kind of know your space. I know the, the cold calling and the, you know, I have to talk to a ton of people and uh, the follow-up fo uh, phone calls. And so I, I know the space and I know what you have to deal with mentally in order to overcome in this space. And so I'm going to speak to that as well. But I'll share uh, I'll, uh, another thing, intentional. The journal that you got. I, I intentionally didn't give out any handouts and that was intentional. And uh, because, like, I've been to plenty of conferences and Every, I, I can't tell you how many of those manuals or books I went back and read. Like, as soon as I left from that conference, I'll just be real. Like, it went on my bookshelf, and I never opened it again. I didn't open it again. But every journal that I brought to a conference, I read it all the time. I never throw away a journal. I never throw away things that I write. I never throw away things that I self-evaluate on. And every time I go to a conference, I make it a habit to bring something that I, that I can write on. Because a lot of times I don't remember those things, but it's important stuff. And the human mind can only conceive so much. And so that's what's super important is that that journal that you have, use it. Because this is going to be the time that you maybe have learned something, maybe something light bulb moment went off in this moment, that you can categorize it in this particular moment in that journal. And that'll be something that you can have. I, like, I still have that journal from Tony Robbins that I still read. I have a ton of journals. I carry a journal everywhere I go. So it's a big part of my Life is a big part of my development as well, so it's super important. So I'm happy to give you guys that journal, and hopefully you, I will say some things that you can utilize it. Also, throughout this, this talk, I don't want to be just talking to you. So typically, uh, I'm going to say some things that are probably going to uh, bring up some questions. So I'm open to that. Don't think you can interrupt me. I am very free-flowing. I, I created this very professional uh, presentation that was done by my assistant, Caitlin, that I had nothing to do with, really. You know, and so I don't normally operate off of this, uh, so this is going to be kind of new to me, and I always shoot from the hip, and that's what I'm going to do from the beginning, and then we'll go through this material later on. But a lot of this stuff is going to be really good, and it's going to be just shoring up some of the things that I'm going to talk about, some of the points that I'm going to talk about. But I'll get right into it. Uh, man, this is a good group. And you know what? That video was very cool. Because I have a company, and I've been in business for over 13 years, and, this, and I have somebody that was there for me, with me for nine years, and it's a big deal. I mean, people, that's the biggest asset. I tell people all the time, the biggest asset in any business is the people. 
It's just that. And the development of the people and to see how you were emotional, it, you can tell it meant a lot to you. And I can see all your personalities through the video was amazing as well. So I thought that was pretty cool. But okay, so to me, so I grew up in a small town, uh, the Crow, you know, represented the Crow, you know. And so I grew up in the Crow and a uh, very small town. And I, I, I was self-described uh, as shy. I was a shy guy. Like, I identified with being shy. That was my thing. Like, and I learned that when I was in the seventh grade. I remember the time. So this is how it goes. You get up with your plate, you know, in the cafeteria, and you walk around, and you got to walk in front of everybody else, and then you go dump your tray. And I remember thinking, everybody's looking at me. Like, I had this strange feeling that everybody was looking at me, and I was thinking about every step to take. Like, what, is, what, am, I, what am I look like? How, how's my shirt? How's my clothes? And I remember being super aware of how I looked at that moment and what I looked like. And that was the start, but I didn't learn that. Where I learned that from was my friends. My friends obviously knew what shy meant, but I didn't know. But they would always say that you're shy. And I was thinking, at this point in my life, I'm like, where did I get that from? But it's the power of a trusted source. Friends are trusted sources. Your, your parents are trusted sources. And there's a lot of trusted sources in our lives that we listen to that they pass our subconscious mind, or our conscious mind, and go straight to our subconscious. And our habits are create our habits are happening through our subconscious, our subconscious mind. So the things that we do, 90, 85 to 90 percent of the things that we do on a day-to-day -day basis is from our subconscious mind. We don't have to think about it. We just do it. And so if that is true, then the results that you have today, the things that you're doing right now, the, the place that you are in your life right now, if you're not where you want to be, then you have to now challenge what I just said. And you have to change some things to create a new cycle. And that's the key. It's self-knowledge. It's, 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 it's continue to understand and invest in yourself. Look, there's no, I'm not going to be up here and, you know, there's not going to be a big circus act. I'm not going to say anything new that you probably never heard. Bending sales, I know you guys are probably into some personal development, some leadership stuff, and some sales stuff, sales coaching. and stuff. So there's not going to be some major things that uh, I'm going to say that are going to be like life-changing. Maybe they will be. I don't know. I don't know. But I will tell you this, that I'm going to keep it simple, and I'm going to share my story. And I think through that, it should inspire you, possibly. And maybe some things that I say may ignite something in you to create something different and create a different cycle. So growing up in Caracro and being a shy kid, here's some things that I realized that it made me question that personal philosophy that I had for myself. So number one was whenever, so I was, I was prom king my senior year uh, at Caracro High. And, and I remember thinking, how in the world, I mean, that's a popularity thing. Number one, my family never allowed me to go to dances. So I've never been to a dance, didn't know how to dance. And, I didn't even get my tuxedo and they're saying, hey, uh, Pop, he's probably going to be prom king. He probably needs to go. And, but at that moment, I realized that, okay, there's something about me that people have seen or people have observed that they will obviously nominate me for that position. That's just one thing. And so the key to that, the reason why I say this is that if you're paying attention to the thing, the world is giving you all kinds of clues and tips. A lot of times we're so distracted with so many other things that we don't realize that. And we overlook it. We pass it up. And that's the importance of this journal, is that you want to document this type of stuff. 
But that was a moment for me that may be superficial now or maybe something that sounds like yeah, he's bragging about something. But it wasn't that at all. It was at that time. I was not the most outgoing guy. I was not. I, was just, I just wasn't that guy. I wasn't the best football player. I wasn't the best basketball player. I wasn't the best track star. I wasn't all of these different things that would, you know, you would you would assume that would that would be the position. You know, that would be the place in my life. And it just wasn't that for me. I didn't have that. However, matter of fact, I was always hurt. I mean, that was the problem. I always was hurt. I never could get on the field because I always was hurt. You know, <laughs> that was life changing, too, by the way. You know, uh, but whenever, whenever, and so when I, whenever I heard my name on the intercom, and, and so after that, I'm, I'm walking around and people said, hey, I voted for you, I voted for you. I'm thinking, man, how do you even know me? Like, now I'm really confused. First, somebody tells me I'm shy. Now somebody's voting for me to be prom king, and I'm thinking, what's going on right now? What's happening? Can anybody relate to that shyness? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> like, here's the thing. I know what you're thinking, so that's why I'm saying the things that I'm saying. And as I'm looking around this room, I'm reading the room. That's another gift that I have. And so as we open up dialogue, I am, uh, I'm really good at, at reshifting people's mindsets. Uh, it's just a gift I have. I have no training, but I'm really good at that. And I love that. That's my jam. So we're going to have a conversation. So as I talk and you have questions, feel free to raise your hand and we'll have a discussion about it. So anyway, so as, as, I, so as I learn that, I'm thinking, well, this is, this is pretty unique. This is pretty cool. So the next thing is, is that I go to college against my parents' wishes. You know, they, they wanted me to be the doctor and the attorney. So I was going to school for law. And so I decided I'm going to drop out of college to go get into the car business. Now, let me tell you, that wasn't a, that wasn't a popular choice at the moment. I mean, matter of fact, it was actually the worst choice. And that's what my family told me. It was absolutely the worst choice that you could possibly make in your life. I'm thinking, wow, <laughs> that's serious. You know, that's, that's hardcore, man. Way to support your boy. You know, so, so that was weird for me. But when I, dropped out, when I decided to drop out of college, you're probably thinking, why did I decide to do that, especially if my family wanted me to be there? So when I dropped out, I remember think, when I was in college, uh, I went because, number one, somebody told me to do it. That's what they told me to do. They thought that was the best thing for me. And that's why I did it. Uh, but when I was going to college, I remember sitting on Rex Street, and, that, and I love Rex Street. It was just awesome. That's where life was. And so I started talking to people. So I said, hey, how long have you been here for? And, you know, I got an average of five or six years. I mean, just ever. How long? How many times have you changed your major? Oh, it's probably, I don't know, two or three times. I'm thinking, wow. OK, so if, if I'm going to be in this situation, I kind of like this college life. I'm going to be here for five or six years. And more likely, I'm going to change my major two or three times. Reason why I say that is self-awareness again. It's because I was doing things in my life that other people told me I should do. And some of you guys are in here doing, these, doing some things in your life that other people have told you to do. Or they thought good friends told you, hey, I think you'll be good at this. But you don't really know. You're not really sure. You're pretty unclear about the direction of where you're headed in your life. And because you're unclear about it, everything else becomes interesting. People's terminology, people's dress, what goes on on social media, you know, what other people are doing. All of these things are super interesting at this moment. Why? Because you're unclear where you're going. And that's not uncommon. The people that I meet with, I ask them who they are. They look at me and say, hey, I never even thought about that. 
I have a baby, I'm a daddy, I'm a mommy, I got a job, I got all these other things. And I'm saying, well, that's good that you do those things, but who are you? If somebody asked you, who are you, how many of you would have a perfect response ready to shoot? Now, this is accurate. <laughs> and that's part of my interview questions, by the way. The first question I ask is, who are you? And they look at me like I'm crazy. Because I don't want to know about how you can work a strategy. Anybody can work a strategy. I can teach anybody a strategy. But to know somebody is what I want to know. That's what I'm interested in. Who am I going to work with? And so if you don't know who you are, then what are you doing? And where are you going? And how did you determine that where you're headed is the right direction? Do I have your attention now? Oh, yeah, locked in. <laughs> Locked in. It's crazy though, because all these things that we do every single day, every single thing that we do, not knowing and not clear and not being intentional about who you are, what are you applying? And if you can't control your emotions, which that brings frustration, aggravation, lack of results, or if you know that you should do something, you won't do it. This is where this comes from. This is where it comes from. This is the root of it. We're talking about the root. We're getting right into it. Boy, we only five minutes in, I think. But we're diving deep. But that's where the root of it is. If you can't identify that, you can't create from that area, and you don't know, and you're not intentional in that area, then look, the frustrations and all the other feelings, the emotions that go with it, because the emotions is all it is is a representative of the past. Your feelings and your emotions it's just a representative of the past. So if you got your, if you got your, if you're taking notes, I would write that down and I would think about that later. And I'll tell you why. Because if, if that's true, if that's a true statement, which it is, then you're living your life according to the past and not the future. So if you're saying, well, my results are not that good. My sales are really okay. I'm not killing it, then you have to think about, okay, what is it that I'm doing or that I'm not doing that's creating the similar result? And a lot of times, these things, it brings up all kinds of emotions. I know. Like when I was in the car business and I sold cars, every 30 days, you were, it was like you went from a, a hero to zero. Scratch. The next month is a scratch, baby. It doesn't matter what you did last month. What you have this month is what you have, and you got to go get it. If you want to make, if you were happy with your income last month, well, guess what? You got to do it all over again this month. If you want to maintain the same amount of income, then you got to go do something different than what you did last month to get something different. And so that's how that's how I was, that's how I taught my mindset at that point. And in that journey, it was really tough. And I'll, I'll get deeper into that. But if you can't overcome your feelings, if you can't control your emotions, if you can't dictate those things, then you're always going to be at the mercy of your past. And let me tell you something. There is no opportunity in the past. Zero. So some of you guys in here are wishing that things will get better. You're wishing that things will work. You're wishing that, you know, your results will change. However, but you cannot, you're not moving outside of the past and you don't even know that. So now I'm making it conscious to you. And that's the key. That's really the key to all of this thing is being more conscious and intentional about making a decision in your life. You see, we make decisions not for ourselves. We just make them. 
Like we wake up in the morning, we get in our car, you know, somebody just jumps in our lane, we get pissed off and it ruins our day. We just made it. We didn't make a decision. We just uh, a habit was we got pissed off. We got frustrated at that person. We probably said a couple of choice words, PG-13 and above. And, you know, and then now you go into the office and now you have this attitude and you got to make some kind of heart you know, cold call. Holy cow. Now you got to make a cold call from that kind of attitude. Holy smokes. You're not ready. Now, you didn't have you didn't make that decision. That decision was already made for you. It was just subconsciously done. Yeah. And so then you then you then you start making a sales call and then you don't get any good positive results. Then what happens? More angry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're like, this sucks. And so then you hear your friend talk about, hey, man, I did some cold calls and it sucked. Yeah, it was terrible. So now you just you just piling up the rocks on that side. Boom. Somebody else is talking about the lack of results they had in cold calls. Oh, I absolutely hate it. You talk to a new agent, don't do any sales calls. Don't do any of those cold calls. Stay away from that. I hear it all the time in this industry. I get, when I coach people in this industry, it's, a, it's the same exact thing. How do you win in this business? Well, they tell me you got to make these cold calls. They tell me you got to meet a bunch of people. And I ask them, so why are you, are you doing that? No, 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 no. They're like, no. And I'm thinking, whoa. And it's crazy, right? But a lot of times, like, you can gather and you can get that information from what somebody else has said, and that formulates your opinion and your perspective, and that becomes your immediate reality. Dang it. So what you hear, your environment, the people that surround you, people that you work with, literally can determine your perspective and ultimately your reality. So why is that important? Again, if you're not clear on where you're headed, if you're not clear about the things that you want to accomplish, if you're not clear about the things that you want and desire, if you're not clear about the goals that you have or you want and desire, then everything else and everybody else will be interesting. It will be. You'll listen to somebody that has lackluster results speak about something that you're failing in and you'll take it as the Bible. Subconsciously, you don't even realize it's happening. And so that's the thing about our story. All of that is now fast forward, but you had that same, those things, the development of your life, everything that you, you've developed, most of the things come from your childhood. And so there's some things like that was in my life that I didn't know, like in my relationship with my wife, I'm gonna get super vulnerable with you. Is that how I saw love in a relationship was being intimate sexual. I didn't see it any other way. I didn't see it as a friendship or this best friend type of thing. I saw it in a different way. I love my wife. She's a great person. But you know what? How I grew up and how I learned how to love and what love looked like, what I saw, what my environment created was completely different. But I had this blind spot that I had no clue about. But think about that. That's just one illustration for me. But think about something in you personally in your life. So this blind spot you possibly have that you don't, you don't even realize that you possibly picked up from your childhood. It's just possible. But it's all of these things. If you're not aware of those things, if you're not evaluate, self-evaluate, if you're not taking these notes, if you're not doing the daily activity, the work is what I call it, then you'll never be aware of it. And you'll be in the cycle. You'll be running in the circle for a very long time. 
wondering, how did I get here in five years? Five years turns into 10 years and you're thinking, man, what is going on? And then you have to you know, rely on talking because the results aren't there. So you got to tell everybody you're doing absolutely amazing. You're killing it and you're not really killing it. Ain't that something? So I'll go back into sales. When I got into the car, when I got into the car business, I sucked. Like the first month, I was absolutely the worst. Like, let me tell you something. I went and go talk to a customer and it, they didn't spend two minutes with me. They were there and they were gone. And I remember walking in, the, in back in the building. My manager said, you ever do that again, you can leave with that customer. And so I'm thinking at that moment, boy, I had a good training program. Man, it was five star training. Five star. So you're telling me you're not going to train me, but you're going to tell me also that if I don't if I do that again, I can leave out the door with them. I just get in the passenger seat. I'm thinking, man, I'm and I chose to go against my parents will to come and work in this job. And I dropped out of college for this. I got to figure it out. So I had a predicament for the people that are new in this room to the industry. You got a predicament. You're like, OK, I'm jumping ship and I'm going to do this new thing. What's it going to be like? What am I going to do? How am I going to, you know, how am I going to win? What, 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 what all, what's the next step? What, it's the unknown. It's like all these questions. But at this moment, here's what I did. Because fast forward, three, the third month I was there, I was a salesman of the month, and there was 20 people that worked there. And I was 19 years old. And that's crazy. How from month one, I absolutely sucked, to month three, I was the top of the board. Who wants to know? Yeah, I know you're interested. So I learned of this guy called Zig Ziglar. This guy was interesting. I mean, look, I, I had every CD because they didn't have anything else other than CDs back then. They didn't have like the MP3 player. And I'm so old, by the way. I'm an old 35. <laughs> She's like, oh. <laughs> so I listened to the CD. I listened to them all day long. I mean, I was in my car listening to her. I had it. I had a CD player in my living room that I got from uh, Goodwill or something like that. I was listening to it. I was listening to that. I mean, I had it going everywhere. I wanted to know. I, I needed more knowledge. I knew that what I was doing was not working. And the only reason why I was doing it, I had the motivation is because I went against my parents' will to go into that business. So I'm like, holy smokes, I can't fail now. I, I got to figure it out. And the other shallow thing was I want to be able to make as much money as I possibly can. So I don't have to wear, you know, hand-me-downs. I want to be able to wear the clothes that I want to wear. So I grew up in a family with six kids, and I was in the middle. So you know what? I saw a lot of yearbook photos with clothes that I was currently wearing. So I was like, man, that, that shirt looks familiar. I actually got that shirt on right now. And I'm thinking, I don't want to be like that. I want to have my own clothes. But that's shallow, but that's how it was. Those were, those were my motivations at the time. Those were my goals at the time. That was the driver for me at the time. My parents, trusted source. My oldest brother, trusted source. Goals, shallow, but they were there. That was motivation. And so as, I, as, I, so as I'm focusing on that, I'm thinking, okay, something's got to change. I just sucked, and now my manager's saying you can go if you do that again. So now I have to do something, and there's not a really good training program. And look, there's a lot of times whenever you don't take personal responsibility, you start blaming everything else too. Ooh. Now, I mean, you guys are not here just to, I mean, I mean y'all here to be challenged. I don't, I don't think I should sugarcoat anything. I think it would just be real. 
Because look, I mean, personal responsibility is everything. Where you are right now is from the decisions that you made, nobody else. Yours, yours only. Now, if you're not making decisions and you're here because of the reason of everybody else, but you're not intentional about your life, then you're allowing everybody else to dictate where you go. Like we're just going to get right in. We're just getting right in there. We're getting right in there. And so that's super important. But as I start listening to this material, for those that are taking notes, you have to become intentional about listening to other things. What you listen to, what you hear, what you're talking about, what other people are talking about, what you're writing, what you're reading. All those things are super important. What you're watching is super important to your development. It's super important to your perspective that becomes your reality because your perspective creates an emotion. That emotion then creates a reality, a feeling. And now you're all up in there you don't even know about. Like if I watch the news for 10 minutes, like I'm telling you, I had all I can have. Like it's, man, I tell you, it's something else. I can't watch too much of that. Because it wrecks my whole world. <coughs> everything that I've invested in, it wrecks everything. So I've got to be super cautious in what I listen to. And I'm going to talk about that later on in the morning routine and how do I set up the day to win. That's going to be super cool. So I'm going to go exactly how I do my morning routine. I'm going to go sugarcoat. I'm going to tell you exactly how I do it. You take what you can. If it works for you, great. If it doesn't, throw it away. But at that moment, I remember thinking, after listening to all of these videos and all of these CDs and all these audio things, and in the third month, I actually sell more cars than anybody else. I remember calling my brother, which was my oldest brother, which was part of the conversation whenever I left. When I went to my parents' house to tell them that, I mean, they scolded me. And, and I remember my brother telling me, he says, you know, people don't buy cars every day. That's what he told me. People don't buy cars every day. And then he also told me, he says, oh, no, my dad chimes in and says, so, do you, so what you're trying to say is you want to become a millionaire overnight. And I was thinking, man, I didn't even think of, those are two things that I never even thought about when I decided to make that decision. It's like, whoa. But that's from somebody else's perspective. But here's what's good about the trusted source. Here's the good thing. is that they mean well. My parents and my brother, they meant well. They, cared, they meant the best for me with the best amount of knowledge that they possibly have. And I want you to understand that. That the knowledge that you gain, you have to take responsibility for it for yourself. That you don't be a follower, you be a student of the things that you learn. And you decide what you hold, you keep, and you let go. Because at that time, I, you know, I had the decision already made up. But since I made that decision and they, they told me those different things, I'm thinking, wow, now I got some other things I got to think about because I never even thought about that. You can fast forward today. Oh, there's COVID. I mean, everybody's got a COVID talk. How do you win in COVID? How do you sell in COVID? Like, oh, my God, poor old me. Like, I was getting a haircut the other day, yesterday, matter of fact. And my haircut guy's like, dude, we got to do something, man. Everything's closing down. I said, dude, I'm going to write the largest tax check I ever wrote in my life this year. What's the difference of that perspective? He lives in a completely different world than I do. How is it that one guy's winning in the economy and the other guy's losing? One guy's focused on defeat and failure, fixed mindset. Another guy's focused on opportunity and growth, 
growth mindset. So it's two different things. But once I, once I sold those cars, I'll fast forward. I know we're starting off slow. But I think, anybody getting anything so far? Good, 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 good. I have a big responsibility and a burden on me right now. I want to make sure that, you know, your time is, I'll take advantage of your time and that your time is well spent. Because there's nothing more valuable than somebody's time when you trade your time. You could pay money to come. People pay money to come listen to me speak, but you know what? The time you can't get back. And so I appreciate that. So the third month that I sell that many cars, I'm thinking, okay, this is fantastic. So I find this book. I don't even know where this book comes from. I don't even know who recommended it to me. But it was uh, called uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I'm sure most of you heard of that because you're in the real estate game. So growing up, we were in ministry. And so Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. And so, man, this is crazy. So in ministry, you don't know. I mean, you don't live this like fantastic lifestyle. There's a, a lifestyle of servanthood, you know, and that's what it is. And that's what it was. And that's what I grew up in. That's all I knew. And so when I jumped out of college and I started making some money, I'm thinking, well, how do you really make money? How, like, how do you get ahead? How do you do things? What do, what do you have to do? You know, so somebody recommends this book. I still don't even know who it was to this day, but I read that book in one day. When I read that book and realized that there's other ways that you can make money, and it opened up my perspective, I was thinking, I want more of whatever that kind of writer is. I want more of that. Hey, how are you? And I want more of that. And I was thinking, man, that was a good book. I mean, I read it in a day. This is fantastic. So now I'm calling all, all kinds of people. Now I think I can buy real estate. But I had no money. I spent it all. I got a lot of new clothes, you know, went to Express, overpriced clothes. Man, that money went, it was gone real quick. I took a copy of my check, you know, I made, I think, like $10,000 or something. I don't remember what the amount was, but I remember the net was like over 6000 I was thinking, man, where did the rest of the money go? Where is it all at? It was gone in taxes. I was thinking, oh, that's a lesson to learn, too. But I remember getting that net check amount, and I was thinking, man, this is a lot of money for a little 19-year-old kid. I'm going to go blow it. <laughs> and that's what I did. I went blowing. I mean, I spent money on all kinds of stuff. I'm thinking, man, I can afford anything. I can go to Walmart and buy anything I want. I remember going to Walmart trying to find the most expensive thing they had. I'm like, I can afford that. <laughs> I made one month income and I can afford that. You know, funny. I laugh about it now, but it's, you know, comical. And so as, I, as I'm developing, I'm thinking, okay, so I read this book, and next thing you know, as I, I read this book, and then I was like, okay, well, I want to buy real estate. Well, I had no, I, you know, I blew my money, so I'm like, how am I going to buy real estate? I'm 19 years old. I don't own any real estate. I have a $500 credit card that's maxed out pretty much. What am I going to do, you know? And so I remember uh, uh, my, my, the sales guys there, they, they were, man, they were really hounding me, trusted sources. They were, to me, they were well, well ahead of me. So I was able to learn and glean from them and how to sell and stuff like that. But when I started talking about buying real estate and investing in properties, I'm telling you, it's like the switch came on. Like, who do you think you are? You think you're different? Man, look, dude, I've been here for 10 years. I've made a great income. Why don't you just stay and stick it out here? And I'm thinking, well, there's something else that's pulling in me. But this is the same thing with you guys. There's something else inside of you that's telling you something completely different than what somebody else is telling you. But sometimes you don't have the courage to follow that. 
and to pursue that. Maybe it's in results. Maybe you know you need to make the call, but you don't make the call because of what somebody else said. Or maybe it's, you know, you need to go do this, but you don't do it because of what somebody else's experience was. And because of those things, now you're, you're dicta- your life is being dictated by what somebody else is doing. Again, if you're not real clear about where you're headed, if you're not real clear about the desires, if you're not real clear about the goals that you have in your own personal life, if you're not real clear about the things that you want, then everything else will become interesting. And so at this moment, I started really start honing in like, okay, I know that I want to make money. I also know that I want to be in business for myself. I know these things at this point, like I want to do this. But the only business I knew of was real estate because the only book I read. But let me tell you something. I paid eight dollars for that book. That book's maybe millions of dollars. Now, how much is a library card? You may say, I don't have the money to go buy that book. I can't afford an eight to ten dollar book. And so I would say, how much is a library card? How much is it? Free? That's too easy. You mean to tell me it's free? You can go get all the information in the world and you can go get all the books you want to read that can enhance and develop your skills so that you can create a new cycle and win. Like, I'm telling you, I, I'm not trying to get up here and say anything complicated. I just want to keep it simple. But it's the work. People look at me now. They laughed at me then, but they're not laughing now. But they laughed whenever I was doing all of this stuff. It was funny. Those are the people that pay to come listen to me speak now. It was funny then, but it's not funny now. And I want to challenge each one of you today that each one of you, I know you didn't get in this business to lose. I know you didn't get in this business to be mediocre. I know you didn't get in this business to just say, I'm going to fly under the radar. You got in this business because you there's some things you'd want, some things you just desire, some qualities that you have, some gifts that you have personally. Those are the things that has to drive you. But those things have to be enough for you to pay the price. And what does the price look like? The work. Making the call when you don't feel like making the call. Showing up to work every day when you don't feel like showing up to work. Wearing the type of clothes that you know you should be wearing. You know what I'm saying? Reading the books and the material that you know you should be reading. Writing down the things that you know you should be writing. Like, that's the work. So when people ask me today, how do I get where you are, Nate? I tell them, I said, it's a lot of work. It's a big price to pay. Are you willing to pay it? Because it's a sacrifice. If you want to accomplish the things in your life and the things that you desire that you really want, and we'll go through that, then the price is easy. But if you're not real clear, then the price is too much. Lukewarm is just fine. Under the radar is perfect. Not pursuing other things is just fine. It's comfortable. I was coaching a guy... He just texted me today. It was great news. This guy is super conservative. I mean, he's the most conservative guy I've ever met. I mean, he defines conservative. You look in the dictionary, his name is right next to conservative. He's there. And analytical. Holy cow, he's analytical. So I'll tell you about analytical people. 
For those that are analytical, I'll tell you why you're analytical. I'll tell you right now. It's because you're afraid to make the decision. You overanalyze and you talk yourself out of things because you're afraid of the unknown. And that's what he was. Well, I got a good call today. I'm like, he's like, guess what, man? I'm super nervous, but I just got approved on the loan. I'm going to buy a commercial building. And I'm thinking, whoa, holy smokes. Mr. Conservative is going to buy a commercial building, but he was super nervous. He overanalyzed everything. I told him, I said, you know what? You might lose, and who cares? It's not going to kill you. I mean, it's not going to bankrupt you. But the lessons you'll learn will be super important. When you can strip fear, then you can just go for it. When fear has no more power, you just go for it. And we'll talk about that, too, in my story. Okay, I'm going to speed this up. So, <laughs> so, so in the carpet, so, as I, so I buy this book. I get another book called How to Buy a Property with No Money Down. If you're taking notes, how do you buy real estate with no money down? I mean, it was crazy. I went to the library and I was like, how do I buy real estate with no money down? And there was a book. It said, how to buy real estate with no money down. I couldn't believe my luck. (laughs) I paid another $10 for that one. So now I've got $20 invested at this point. One's got me on this trail that I'm trying to pursue. And another one's telling me how I can act. I buy this book and I'm like, this is like gold. Oh my God, this is gold. Now, mind you, this is 2006, 2007. What happened in 2007 and 2008? Anybody know? There you go. She's fully aware. It was like a big crash. I knew nothing about that. Like nobody told me. Nobody told me about that crash. And here it is. I'm trying to buy real estate at this moment. Like right in the middle of the crash. Like, oh, my gosh. I laugh about that now, but think about it. If I would have listened to the people that were around me, the trusted source, I wouldn't be where I am today. Now, this is simple, but this is profound. Because you can't be a follower. You have to be a student. So you take the good things that people say and you apply them and you use them. The other stuff, you discord of it. You put it on a shelf. And you say, yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, awesome, awesome. I'm going to put that on the shelf. Because you don't disrespect anybody, but you've got to understand that everything that somebody else says is not going to be the same thing for you. It's not. And you're completely capable of something completely different. So how does a guy like me win in a down economy when it's tanking? I just went for it. I didn't know any better. If somebody would have told me out of my actions, that would have been my reality. That would have been my perspective and it would have been my reality. And since it would have been my reality, I'd have made decisions around that new reality. But because I didn't know, I was formulating my own perspective from the books that I was reading. Self-knowledge. And because I started applying that knowledge, I started gaining confidence. So if you're fighting with confidence... Gain more knowledge. The more knowledge you have, the more confidence you'll have. So whoever's taking notes, that's a good one to write down. So if you don't have a lot of knowledge, a lot of confidence in yourself, it's because you don't have a lot of knowledge in who you are. If you don't have a lot of confidence in the business strategy that you are not wanting to work, then you don't have enough knowledge in that business strategy. 
I just want to keep this super simple. If you don't have the confidence in making the cold call, then you don't have the proper knowledge in how to make a proper cold call. But you're not going to hear from somebody else. That's the information you have to get and receive for yourself. You see, this is all about us, man. This is personal responsibility. This is you taking it for yourself and saying, I'm going to apply. I'm going to go out and get the information and I'm going to apply it. I'm going to create my own perspective and reality. Now, see, when you can do that, that that gives you some power now. Because now it eliminates all the other distractions that you have in your life, all the other distractions. It's no longer important anymore. It's no longer the biggest thing anymore. When you start getting really clear about the things that you desire and you start getting really intentional about the things that you want and the things that you're pursuing and who you have to become to do that, then trust me, you start getting laser focus. Laser focus. And whatever you focus on, it grows. I learned that secret myself. Fast forward, I had 17 LLCs. You know what? I was like the man to myself. I didn't have a dime to my name. But I had 17 LLCs. I'll tell people, hey, go search me on Secretary of State. I'm a baller. Dude, I had no money. I remember sitting at the, I remember sitting at the red light in my limited edition Ford truck. And this lady's like waving me down. I'm thinking she's, I mean, she's really on to my looks now. And I'm looking, I'm like, hey, hey, how are you? I put the window down and hey, hey, hey. She's like, your tires. I'm like, what's wrong with my tires? I had wires hanging out of my tires. All my tires are all slick, and that particular one was Grace and Mercy. I had the wires just like waving at her. And I'm thinking, I don't even know what's inside of a tire, but I learned that day. I need to go figure out how to get new tires. But I was broke. I was running around all over town doing all kinds of stuff, giving 20% max at all of these little LLCs, and I wasn't making a dime. Now, at this point in my life, I thought I was the stuff. Oh, yeah, I'm good at business. I can go do this. Oh, that's a good opportunity. I'm going to chase that. Oh, I'm not real clear about where I'm going to go. I just read a real estate book that got me started on all of this stuff in the first place. Oh, that's a good opportunity. I'm going to take that one, too. Dude, I was selling kids clothes online. I'm like, I never even dreamed of that. Who would have drawn that up for me? That would have been one of the LLCs that didn't make any money. But everything was interesting because I was unclear. And so what I believed in what other people said about me was, you're a good businessman. And I just that didn't really ring with me. When I was, when I was looking at my bank accounts, I'm saying, yeah, I look like a good businessman. But I know the truth. I got no money. My results suck. But I believe that, hey, yeah, I'm a good businessman. Yeah, but I knew the truth. That's the same thing that you can think about for yourself. Put on the show, but you know the truth. But that's the work that I'm talking about. How do you refine? How do you get targeted in there, focusing on, in on that? So I remember thinking, now this time, since I had no money, now, we're gonna, now this gets really good. Now this determines whether I'm staying or going, because at this point, I was a general manager in an RV lot. That was the highest position I got was general manager. And I was 21. Yeah, we'll go with that. It's around that area, 21, 22, something like that. Yeah, I was doing that. 
So I learned a particular skill about myself. This was one of those other changing moments for me. Is that at this RV lot, they had lost prior to that 200 and something thousand dollars that year. And the next year they said, hey buddy, we went through five managers, none of them could do it, we'll give you a shot. See what you can do, you got one year. And I'm thinking, holy smokes, I don't know anything about turning around a company. That was a Chafalaya. <laughs> They're not there anymore. So Chafalaya, the Chafalaya boys. And so I was thinking, okay, now I got to figure it out. Here's something that just was put in my lot, in my, you know, in my lap. I'm paying attention and I'm saying, okay, is this now? A fixed mindset will say, "Whoa, what a terrible just don't make that decision. That's a career killer. Go find somewhere else to go. You got kids." You got a family. Like, you can't just sit there and turn around a losing company. Who do you think you are? That's a fixed mindset. But I was thinking, okay, I have this opportunity. What can I do to turn it around? What can I learn to grow this business? What can I do what everybody else prior to me that had all the knowledge could not do? Now, if I talk to my other friends about it, they'll say, you're stupid. You shouldn't do that. These people had combined 50 to 100 years of experience. They didn't do it, so you can't do it. That's what my friends would have said, my trusted source. So I started reading leadership books. It's like, okay, I got to figure out how to be a better leader. Obviously, they see something in me that there's some kind of leadership ability. I'm going to read some leadership books. You're probably thinking, what was those books? I wonder what those books were. John Maxwell, man, he's my, he's my dog, man. That's my guy. My guy, I read 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. That was the first one that I read. I dove right in. And I was thinking, man, this stuff, it only cost me $12? He was high end. He was expensive. But $12? Like $12 I got this good information? Like it was unbelievable to me. So the next book I read was Many People Connect, or Many People Communicate, but Few Connect by John Maxwell. That's when I realized about my gift in communication. Fast forward later, a year later, the company made $4,000. It wasn't much, but it wasn't $200,000 loss. So that's a big swing, $196,000 swing. And I'm thinking, well, maybe there's something about me that I can do something about turning something around. That's interesting. Taking notes, self-knowledge. And would it be to your surprise that today I buy companies that are struggling and I turn them around? So people ask me what I do. I said, in a nutshell, I just go and buy struggling companies. And they say, man, I'm just trying to start one. And I say, I have a lot of them. But if I wouldn't have learned the knowledge and took the time to listen to what the world or to what this world was giving me and telling me, if I wasn't paying attention, if I was distracted, I would have never known that. So like something's telling you something right now that you're not listening to. You're struggling or you know what you should do, but you're not doing it. I don't know what that is. What do I know? I don't know. I'm just telling you what I know. My own story. I don't know. Something. But when you become laser focused, opportunity shows up. That's what I want to get to. When you become laser focused, Opportunity presents itself. 
So that's the common error, the, 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 the common thing from all of these occasions is that I got really focused. So when I said, you know what, Dad, I'm going to drop out of high, out of college to go to, to car sales. The reason why I'm doing that is because I need to learn how to sell. I need to learn how to do many presentations and demonstrations and product knowledge and how to interact with people. All of these things. I need to learn these things. I'm not learning that in college. And I want to give the four, the four years that I will commit to college, I'm going to give it on the streets and see where I end up. But see, when I became laser focused, guess what? The opportunity showed up. When I read those books and I became laser focused, guess what? The opportunity showed up. I remember I was in the car lot. I was visiting a friend and the, deal, the owner of the dealership was screaming at me like, hey, who are you? Mark Hampton. Dude's tall, man. He's like 6'10". And he's sitting on the balcony, he's staring down at me. And I'm all suited up in my little dealer suit, you know. That was my job. I was a part-time dealer sales guy in college. It was my college job. And so he's yelling at me, hey, what are you, hey who are you? I'm like, hey, I'm Nate, you know. What do you do, Nate? I'm like, uh, I'm a dealer suit salesman. He's like, okay. You any good? I'm like, well, shoot, I'm not selling to full-time guys. I think I'm okay. No, I didn't know who this guy was at the time. But he's yelling at me, so I'll figure out the answer. He says, you looking for a job? I said, no. <laughs> That's not what I said. I was like, sure, what do you have to offer? We're hiring sales guys. Okay, great, how do I start? You're hired. That's how I got hired. A guy from a balcony yelling at a young kid in a suit to make things a little more awkward, a black kid in a suit where everybody else is white. <laughs> So do you think I believe everything that's going on in the media? Hell no. I hope that answers your question. It's personal responsibility. It's because I was dressed up. I decided not to go to work in a wrinkled shirt, half-hearted, not committed, not giving it 100%. Because I did that, the opportunity showed up. Ain't that something? <laughs> you know, I wasn't going to go there. But since you said something, but since you said something, so look, but the, the focus is the focus, and when you become intentional and you become focused, look, nobody's taught me this stuff. I'm just telling you stuff that I had to learn. I've learned this stuff. I'm a 13 you know, year overnight success. I mean, I'm 13 years in at this point. I am 13 years in. So people are like, man, they want to get rich quick. I'm like, dude, I got 13 years in. Like, what you got? I got a year. Well, you got a lot of hard work and a lot of learning to do. But a talk like this can help you shape the curve and cut the curve a little bit. These are practical things. If you can do some of the things that I'm talking about, I'm telling you, the seeds that you plant are the harvest that you have right now is from the seeds that you've already planted. So if you're not liking the taste of the food that you have right now, it's because of the seeds that you planted. So you have an opportunity today with that little journal, that little book you got there, to start writing down some seeds and start planting some seeds in your, your mind space and your mindset. You have an opportunity to start making some different decisions and become in intentional about some of the things that you're not doing and making a decision whether you're going to do it or not, because that's super important. It's not whether you do it or not. It's the decision, and you're aware that you should, and you can make a decision.
That's where it gets really good. It's that you wake up in the morning and you don't even realize you just jump to your emails. There's a guy that says, man, every time I wake up, the first thing I do is jump into my emails. And I'm like, do you even think about that? He's like, no, I just do it. I'm like, but you're telling me publicly, loud, like you're telling me this, that you hate that, but you still do it. So you mean to tell me you don't have decision-making power at that point? He didn't because he wasn't aware. So I told him, I said, now that we had this conversation, I want you to think about it when you wake up. What decision are you going to make? Make it right now. What decision are you going to make? Well, then I get the response the next day. Dude, I didn't look at my emails. I'm like, yeah, because you made a decision not to look at your emails. But it's just that simple. When we get caught up in everything else and all the other jazz that's going around us, it's so easy to make bad decisions. And they're not really decisions. They're just habitual, subconscious. But once I was winning in, 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 now that I buy real estate, I mean, not buy real estate, I buy businesses. It's basically what I do now. But when I turned that company around, I had the ultimate turnaround. I had, during, that, during that stay, I had bought my first daycare center. Uh, and so, look, I, that wasn't a goal. I'll just be real with you. It wasn't a goal. It wasn't like, you know, I was growing up and I, and I wanted to take care of little baby dolls all over. That just wasn't like I, I didn't say, when people ask me, what were you passionate about? It wasn't I wanted to take care of kids like it was not that. So it's going to be another principle that I talk about. It wasn't that at all. But what it was was an opportunity. But because I learned how to turn around a company and I invested all of that knowledge, I gained that knowledge and I started applying that stuff. When I was talking to the business broker, and you're probably wondering, how did you understand or know about a business broker? Well, I was looking in the quick quarter, and at the time, the quick quarter was a thing. Right now, I don't know what it is. You can't, it can't even be found. But at that time, it was like business making opportunities, real estate. And so I was looking for real estate to buy, and I see this little bitty ad that says uh, how to buy and sell a, a business confidentially. And I'm thinking, hmm, that's interesting. You got my attention. Let me make that call. I call the agent, and I realize, wow, there's a whole plethora of businesses that I can buy confidentially that nobody even knows about. And so I'm like, wow, that's cool. Because I was focused, the opportunity showed up. Now, did I buy a business at that time? No, I didn't. But what happened was is I started making the phone calls. The process started rolling. The seeds, I started planting the seeds. But when I made that phone call, after I hung up, I was thinking, man, I, I, I want to buy businesses. Because real estate, I was buying real estate at the time only because of the book that I was reading. But I, was buy, but I realized at that point that there was something more than just a good businessman. There was something more than that. It was the way I communicated and the way I inspired other people and the way that I can challenge different things and make complicated things simple and all of these different things. So I realized, okay, that's my jam. That's my niche. That's my thing. So now I'm just going to take it to any kind of industry. Whatever opportunity presents itself is the one that I'm going to go for. So I told the broker, I said, look, this is what I want. I want something that's financially struggling that nobody wants to touch that's overpriced. And he thought, he was like, this dude is absolutely crazy. He even asked me, he says, well, how old are you? Because it was so stupid that I said that. <laughs> like, he's like, how old are you? I'm like, I think at the time I was 19 or something, no, 20 or 21, something around there. And I'm like, he's like, well, are you going to get a co-signer? And now he's making jokes now. You're going to need a co-signer for that. 
What kind of resources do you have? How can you buy a business? And I remember thinking, wow, what an insult. What an insult. But did that stop me? No. Hell no. I'm going to say it like that. Hell no. It didn't stop me. No, it didn't stop me. So I'm going to turn around on you. So what are some things that people are saying to you personally that's got you stumped? Maybe some results. Maybe it's not a person. Maybe some results. It's got you stuck. Maybe it is a family member. Maybe it's somebody that you know. I don't know. That's got you stuck right in your traps. Not moving forward, stuck. What is it? You don't tell me. Just write it down in your book because we're going somewhere. So I remember when he's, told, he's telling me, I'm thinking, man, that's crazy, dude. What an insult, man. That's not cool. Like, I'm just trying to learn here. I'm just, man, I don't really have the real resource to buy anything, but I'm just trying to learn something here. And he wasn't explaining. So then what do you, what do you think I did next? What the? You're starting to catch on. You mean to tell me there's a book for that? Oh, my gosh. Well, yeah, there was a book for that. Do I know the name of the book? I don't remember. But yes, there was a book for that. Huh? I think it was How to Buy Business, or, you know, uh, dummies, is a dummies version of How to Buy Businesses or something like that. Without no. a co-signer. Without a co-signer. I like you. I'm glad you came. And so, so yeah, I went to go buy a book, and I got to learn how to buy a business. So... This guy's like, uh, yeah, those don't come up often, but yeah, I mean, I'll keep you in mind. Well, sure enough, it's about three months later, he calls my phone. I got a deal for you. I'm thinking, what you got? I got a business that's got IRS debt out of it's, it's The IRS is greater than the asking price, the debt on it. It's not making any money, by the way. But there is a physical location. I'm telling you, come on, tell me more. So he's trying to scare me off. And I'm like, what kind of business is it? It's a daycare business. I'm like, fantastic. Let's go take a look. And the phone was quiet. He was speechless. I'm like, let's go take a look, man. Okay, all right. But I see why he was quiet. When we drove up, I'm thinking, man, this is a rough area. But it's exactly what I was looking for. I was looking for a turd. And I got one. What? I was looking. That's what I was looking for. I was like, okay, I'm going to see how I can utilize my skills. I'm going to put them to the test, and it's going to cost me, it's going to be on my dime at this point. Okay, so now I don't have a whole lot. I've got some resources at this time. But bank financing is not done on service companies. They don't finance them. They're hard, hard to finance. I learned that from a book. <laughs> so I was ready. So they had an asking price of $150,000. How much do you think I bought it for? 70. Uh, I'll say 150. You guys are good. No, I bought it for 15,000. <laughs> Holy cow, how did he do that? Yeah, I bought it for 15,000. Now, you remember when I told you about being in the car business, how I needed to learn some particular skills and trades and all this other stuff? Well, negotiation was one of them. I don't know any better negotiation, negotiators and salespeople that are committed and focused. 
Can you believe it? The thing that I dropped out of college to do taught me how to buy a business for pennies on a dollar. Ain't that something? $15,000 is what I bought it for. $15,000 was the initial investment that I made in a business that is worth millions of dollars right now. $15,000. Just think about that for a second. Now, that's just a principle. I just planted a seed, and the harvest was, I mean, once you plant the seed, the harvest is going to be representative of the seed you plant. There's no secret there. And so how does that apply to you? What kind of seeds are you planting in your own personal life? Where is the biggest struggle? Where is the biggest challenge? And what kind of seeds, new seeds, can you plant in that specific area? So if it's sales calls that you absolutely hate, which I know 99% of you do, that's probably, if, this, if it's effective, if that's an area that you can be effective in, then you probably should gain more knowledge there. Who cares about what somebody else's results were? Somebody else's results don't dictate your results. Somebody else shouldn't have the power to dictate where you're headed in your life. Now, I'm just a shy kid from Karenker. I don't know a whole lot. I'm an amateur at life here. I just want to keep it simple and only speak about the things that I have witnessed and things that has happened in, a, in, a, in how I applied them in my life. I am no different than anybody else in this room. No different. So I remember buying this business and thinking, holy cow, who's going to run that thing? Grabbed my wife off the bench and said, hey, you're up. <laughs> it was the worst decision that I made. That was, no, not the worst, the stupidest decision that I've ever made. Like, to take somebody against their own will or not, not, no knowledge, to buy a business not according to her knowledge and say, hey, by the way, I bought this business, can you go run it? That was the stupidest thing I've ever done. That was almost grounds for divorce. Now, I love my wife, but that was wrong. I know that now. At the time, it seemed like a good idea. I'm thinking, man, she's making a come up. You're watching kids at the house. You love kids. I assume you're a good manager. Get right in there, tiger. <laughs> it didn't work that way. She's looking like saying, hell no. She's probably thinking like, oh, my God. Oh, my hair standing up on the back of my neck. Oh, I know it. I know it. I, I, I know it wasn't the best decision. I know that now. I've repented many of times. Are you still repenting? No. But she doesn't work anymore. <laughs> so it makes me feel better, you know. She gets all the good stuff, you know. <laughs> makes me feel a little bit better. But I threw her in there. And so she was in there for about a year. And so the, the downturn in the economy, you remember that? Oh, yeah, it's just going down. And so nobody's buying RVs. And I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I got a decision to make. Should I stay here and make a little change, or do I go invest in my business and go turn that thing around? Because it's losing money. And my salary is floating all of it. So I decided to jump ship. Buckle up. Because I jumped ship, and I'm having my second child. I have no insurance. At this point, I am broke again. <laughs> All the real estate I have, I'm pouring all kind of money into it to get it turned around. I bought a deal. I bought turds. That's what I like. I like turds. 
So I had a portfolio full of turds. And here it is. The economy shifts, and I'm like, what are you going to do, Nate? You going to go find another job, or are you going to jump ship and invest? I jumped ship. I went right into the turd. You know what's crazy? My first job over there, I was a janitor. I literally cleaned and mopped the floors. That's literally what I did. I cleaned the facility. And then I got a raise. I was the cook. <laughs> and I got another raise. I was the infant teacher. Look, dude, like I, ha like I literally, like, you're no longer working here. I'm taking your job. That's how it was. And back then, minimum wage was $5.15. A fortune. But let me tell you something. I wouldn't change that for the world. Now, my utilities are out, and I've made a good connection with the, with the, the utility girl. I mean, great connection. It was fabulous. Like, it was such a good relationship. She, ate, she literally told me some secrets. She said, you know what? If you write me a check, I can turn your utilities on. Doesn't matter if it's good or not. Who's <laughs> like, this is the best information. This is good stuff. I'm going to write you a check that I can't fund right now, but I'm going to wake up tomorrow and figure out how to make it right. I'm going to figure it out. And sure enough, I figured it out every month. But I had more month and more bills and I had money. So I got to see her every month. Every month she was there. And I knew that I knew something was off whenever I first drove up to my house and I hit my garage button and the garage don't move. I'm thinking, why, isn't they, why aren't they going up? Like, this is weird. It's because I had no utilities. I didn't realize that garage doors operated off of utilities. Who would have thought? Electricity for garage doors. Who would have thought that? Now, no utilities and, you know, you're probably thinking, how many kids do you have? I had my second child, fresh newborn. I remember sitting in the hospital thinking, man, I have no running water. This is the best day of my life. I'm having a child. Like, this is crazy. Like, I'm having a child. Who's ready for a break? Dang, it's 2.30. Then I'm like, yeah, it's 2.30. You ready for a break or you want me to keep going? Keep going. This is crazy. I know, this is crazy. So I'm getting real. This gets better, by the way. I'm telling you, it gets better. So now we're having candlelight dinners. Now I'm a romantic. <laughs> we got some real candlelight dinners going on right now. And I remember thinking, so the last person that supported me was my wife to the end. She was like, you keep at her, baby. Now, in this daycare business, I threw her into. Just tell you a little bit about her. You keep at it. But when she saw, when that IRS guy showed up to our door, oh, yeah, he showed up. He says, you know what? I have the power to shut you down. So now I'm behind on my house note. My house is on the sheriff's sale for 28 weeks. And I'm supposedly an investor. I buy real estate. Now, people that know me, they see my house on the sheriff's sale. Embarrassing. OK, no utilities. And I got no running water. That's cut off every month. It's consistent. And of course, my cars, they had notes, and they were behind. 
Let me tell you something. I took a picture of my bills. The bills that they sent me on a monthly basis was this tall. Like, it was a pile. Like a mound, guys. Like, I want you to understand how wide this thing was. It was wide. Like, just wide. Like, like just wide. Yeah, that's about it. And still to this day, it was funny, though. I don't, I like, my voicemail stays full to this day. Because I got so many collectors that called me, I was so afraid to answer the, the, the call. I leave the voicemail, and I wouldn't listen to the voicemail because I knew what they were saying. So to this day, when people call me to hear my voicemail for that know my story, they just laugh. They're like, this dude is so crazy. <laughs> so like, if you don't get me, you better just send me a text message so I know that you're not some kind of sales caller. <laughs> so now I'm running from sales calls. You know, I'm not running from bill calls. I'm running from sales calls. People are trying to get my money. But I remember at that moment, I remember thinking, man, this sucks. This really sucks. But I knew I was where I was supposed to be. And you're probably thinking, oh, how the hell did you know that? It didn't look like it. It didn't look like it. So I'll tell you another little principle here. When you're comfortable, you're not where you're supposed to be. When you're comfortable, you're no longer growing. When you're comfortable, you're no longer investing. When you're comfortable, you're just comfortable. And you tell people that you're good and you're great and all the other things that go along with it. But all you're doing is justifying and telling yourself that whatever that I really want, I'm okay with not putting in the work that this is fine. The price is too much to pay. That's the reality. I knew I was exactly where I was supposed to be. Now, did I know what path forward? Hell no. I had a mound of bills and people calling me all the time. I learned another trick at that time. You know, the repo man says, hey, I'm going to be there at this, at this time to come pick up your vehicle. And I'm thinking, you're going to tell me that? <laughs> what kind of repo man are you? You're going to tell me that you're coming? You're going to literally tell me that you're going here at this time? Well, my vehicle is going to be locked up. <laughs> So I didn't know if the vehicle's in the garage and the garage door's down, they can't get access to your vehicle. It's against the law. Who would have known that? But ain't that something? So the guy's sitting down in the, in the curve and he's looking for my vehicle. And I'm thinking, dude, he can't get it. And that's what they did. They call me the next day and say, Mr. Moore, you have to leave your garage door open in order for us to get the vehicle. Now you're giving me all, more key information. I get home and I'm hoping the utilities are paid. I go right in there and close the garage door. We're good to go for another day. And that's what it was. It was one day at a time. So you know what? It's that we think about so many other things except for the present moment. Because that's all I had at that moment. I didn't know what it was going to be like in the future. I saw what it was. And it wasn't fun. But all I could do is make decisions at that present moment. And that's the power that you have. You're one decision away from changing your whole entire life. One. One. That's it. You're one book away from changing everything. You're one friend, you're one environment away from changing everything. But that's a decision you have to make. And you're saying, hey, it's that simple? I'm telling you, yes, it is. But you have to become intentional about that. You can't allow your environment to dictate your life and who you are and your perspective and ultimately creating your reality that you make decisions from. 
And at that moment, I remember getting on my knees, for those that are a little religious, I'm not going to preach to you, but I'll tell you that, I was at rock bottom. I mean, I didn't just hit, I was scraping down there. It was so bad. I remember my mom comes into town because we're going to my brother's birthday party and I couldn't even afford the meal. And she knew that. And she wrote a check for my meal. She didn't even realize what that did for me. But she knew. And I remember her telling me, she said, you know what? You're exactly where you're supposed to be because there's a lot of there's a lot for you to do and your capacity is great. And I remember thinking, wow. My mom's speaking life now. The one that did not want me to drop out of college, here I am. For my decisions that I made, I am at rock bottom. And here she is. It's building me back up. Ain't that something? But I remember getting on my knees and I said, you know what, God? I'll lose everything today, but I'll still serve you. And what I was really saying is that everything that I thought I knew that got me to this point, I'm open to learn something new. Humility. And so some of you have been in this business for a while. And of course, there's some things that you know. And there's some things that you really know. But you're not creating the results that you desire. So that tells me that you stopped learning. That you believe the rhetoric and the economists, oh yeah, we're in COVID. It's tough out there. Don't make those phone calls. You might be on a do not call list. Don't do this, don't hand out your cards. You see, it's all of these different things that formulate the opinion, that formulates your reality, that formulates your perspective. But because I decided to continue, I buckled down, I pursued. I didn't go get a job. I went back in my business with a whole different mentality. Like, I stopped learning. I thought what I knew was going to work, and it didn't work. So when I, was wor- when I was working the business, the same process, a lot of the process that we operate today, it's the same process I learned when I was in there working. Now, if you want something greater, then you're going to have to do, you're going to have to sacrifice some stuff. The results that you want, the desires that you want, the goals that you want, the things that you want, the stuff that you want, it's going to require a sacrifice. It's making the extra call when you don't think you should. It's making five more when you think I already been told no five times already. It's going against assuming that the next five calls that I make are going to be like the past five. Fixed mindset. This is not easy. I'm not telling you where I am today was super easy, but not a lot of people get to hear this story in this great detail. It wasn't easy. I'm just going to tell you that. And the things that you want and you desire, the greater they are, the more meaningful they are, the better the likelihood of you paying the price are higher. But you have to determine that. How bad do you want it? Ours was just a good idea at the time. Because good ideas don't get you very far. The execution does. The gaining the more self-knowledge does. And that's key. And so what I want you to take from this section, because we're going to go after a break after I make this statement. 
and I'll jump into my fancy PowerPoint. I'll tell you some more stories. This is like a reality show, you know? It's like crazy, like super crazy. Like you would think, dude, you went through all of that? I'm like, yeah, I went through all of that. Like when you see your name in the paper, like you're at the sheriff's sale with an investor and they name your name, you're thinking like, holy cow. <laughs> yeah, must be another Nathaniel Moore out there. <laughs> yeah, this is weird. <laughs> Super crazy stuff, man. But I had so many opportunities to give up. But as I buckled down, the opportunity showed up. The next opportunity showed up. But that moment, I learned one of the most important things I live by today is that I live in the present moment and build the present future, not the present and the present past. I'm intentional about the things that I, decide, that I want to do. What does that look like? When I wake up every morning, I make a decision on what kind of attitude I'm going to have. I decide that, not somebody else. And you say, well, how can you do that? Isn't your attitude a characteristic? No, you can create it. It's a decision. Like, I literally get up and I say, you know what? One of the most aggravating things that ever can happen to me is somebody jumps in my lane, takes a right turn without putting their signal on. Like, come on. And nobody else is behind me. Why would you do that? Why wouldn't you just wait till I passed and think about me and then get behind me? Like, why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you do that? That makes me mad. So I would tell myself every morning, you know what? Somebody's going to do that this morning to you. Somebody's going to do that today. How are you going to react? Now that I ask myself that question, okay, the reaction that you're going to have, how is it going to affect the rest of your day? How is it going to affect, how is that going to aid me into getting where I want to go for the things that I desire and the goals that I want? How is that going to get me there? Now that I'm asking myself these questions, now I have to be super intentional about the things that I'm focused on. You starting to get the picture? It's not about everybody else. It's not what everybody else is doing. It's about what, is, what you are doing. Your life is a combination of your decisions. And that's the hard truth. And you have to take responsibility for where you are in your life. Once you take responsibility, then you can become more intentional and make decisions to move forward. How are you going to move forward? Now you have to become a creator and not a manager. Not managing the past, not just managing what's going to come up from the past, but now creating and saying, here are the things that I'm going to focus on. I'm going to make sure I have a positive attitude. I'm going to make sure that I, lead the, I read the leadership material that's going to prepare me for today's meeting. I'm making the investment. Now I'm going to also write in my journal to self-evaluate, how can I improve? What are some things that I was happy with? What are some things that I'm not happy with? What are some skills that I want to develop in? What are those things? These are all things that we're going to go on the next slide. So we're going to take a break. Let's take a break. Let's take a what? Ten minutes? Ten minutes. Ten minutes.